Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on this week's episode, I give my progress update for Knights of the Old Republic. I share my reviews for my half-day trip to Nosberry Farm, and I review Westworld Season 2, Episode 3, and Stargate Atlantis Season 2. A. B. N. It's headphones nailed! and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host, as always, Headphones Neil. So for this particular episode, it's going to be a relatively quick one just because I'm holding off on a very special Android review for next week. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen a special teaser post as far as what it's related to, but I'll have more information on that next week. Um, I may do an initial take review um I'm aiming for potentially on Monday, but if depending on how things work out, I may hold off on that until Thursday or just do it all on, on um, Friday with the podcast. So it depends on how my scheduling works out, how much time I have to play with it and all that. But look out for that special review for next week. So with that, I wanted to jump into this week's Star Wars review, review and updates. And it's just going to be a progress update for Knights of the Old Republic. So as far as as of this recording, I've got I finished Terrace. I've gotten to Dantooine. Um, I've finished all the quests there and I've headed to Yavin 4. Um, one of the things I noticed was with the Jedi from the start mod... It, because you start off as a Jedi from the start of a game, you don't have to actually do all the Jedi um, uh, videos and listening to tutorials and that sort of stuff when you get to Dantooine. So that was a nice change, but it kind of makes it more even out that because you're a Force sensitive and Bastila um, found you and all of that, it gives more leveled uh, communications related to the... Um, news about the visions and the star maps and all of that so because 
um, you're building it from the start and because you start the game with having these visions and you learn, know that you're a force user, that kind of explains things better rather than holding on off all the way to later in the game when you get to Dantooine. Um, when you find out that you're Darth Revan in the game, even later in the game, it kind of adds even more um, weight to it just because it's one of those things that feels like, okay, the Jedi Council took away your memories and all of that, but a sharp hit on the head and shaking on the ship can jog some memories and the Jedi Council is unable to actually remove all traces of Force abilities. So, or that even shows the power of Darth Revan that he's able to recover from that. But all of that made for a better time on Dantooine. Instead of having to deal with all the Jedi stuff on Dantooine, you now get that stuff started early when you start the game. And you now can focus on the actual mission of going after Darth Malak and the star maps. Now, as far as where I'm at right now, I did, as I mentioned, make it to Yavin. I finished uh, playing against the Rodian as far as um, defeating him enough times to get a discount on his goods. Uh, one of the things I found this time around versus previous playthroughs is when you're on Terrace, make sure you go and buy, spend the money to buy enough um, Pazaka cards from from the various places you can in the cantinas. I think the even the vendor um, in the starport on Dantooine has some. So any place you talk to people, make sure you look out for that entry to buy Pazaka cards so you can get the plus and minus cards, whether it's plus and minus one all the way up to plus and minus six. So when you are playing against the Rodian, you can pick all only plus minus cards and you have a quicker and much easier way to get through all the games, the number of games you have to pay play through in order to beat him. Um, one of the tricks I used in this playthrough as well was every time I defeated the Rodian, I saved the game. So if I uh, lost on the next playthrough, then I would load the save game, play again, and essentially only save the states so for every time that I win. Once I maxed out to the max wager of 750 credits, um, or one of the things I recommend doing to make it go faster as well is always max out on the number of credits that you can wager. So when you are uh, playing against the Rodian, it makes it that much more risky. And there's more of it. So in general, the game is favored towards the Rodian, but wagering high amounts makes it a little bit more balanced because there will be times when the Rodian will magically get to the magic number of 20. Um, he'll always either either the system will, or the game will give him that um, a total of 20 or he'll happen to always have the card to get him to 20, either like a plus four or a minus three or whatever. So that's why you only play the game every time you win and then save it. So that way you can also bulk up on how many credits you have by the time you're done beating him. So even if you have started a low number, like you only have 20 credits, Max out of 20 credits so you can double up, get 40, then 80, then 160. And by the time you're done, you'll have a lot more credits than you would have otherwise by wagering low. And those wins come that much more quickly because you have the plus minus cards and you're wagering a lot of money. So for me, I think I started at like 490 credits um, and then I wagered the max. And then so I got up to, you know, over 800 credits. So now I can wager the full amount of like 750 or 799. So that's what I wagered every single time. And now I have enough money to buy an implant so I can use that when I get to implant level three. And essentially you have all that money to spend with him but then also the other thing too is 
because you're spending money on Pazak cards in on Terrace, you may not have as much stuff to sell because you're by the time you get to the uh, Rodian because you're selling stuff early on. But if you do and still end up with stuff that you want to sell, make sure you always go back to the Rodian to sell it because you get a lot more credits from him versus all the other random vendors. So that's one of the things to pay uh, pay attention to, and that all doubly pays off because by the time you get to the end of the game and it's time to buy your high-powered uh, lightsaber kissels, the I think it's Heart of the Four. I think it's Mantle of the Force and Heart of the Jedi or something like that. I might have gotten the hand, uh, Mantle and Heart words mixed up there, but when you get to those crystals, when it's time to get there, if you have enough credits, then you can buy them easily because they're already discounted and you have extra um, credits. But you can also you also have time to spend money on buying other stuff like repair parts and, and med kits and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, that's one of those things to consider when you play the game. So I'm also going into the get rest of the game, approaching the, or approaching the rest of the game that way, so that I can try to get more credits. So I'm gonna try and remember to fly to him to sell the credits. I always have to remember that eventually, at the, during the game, you're gonna have to fight more and more against the Sith fleet. So something to pay attention to there as well. So that's all there is for that update. So with that, I'm going to jump into this week's reviews. And to start it off, I'm going to start off with an easy one of Westworld Season 2, Episode 3. Um, just because we have Maeve and Aaron Paul's character finally getting to... Uh, or, spe or spending more time in the Golden Age, Golden Era, and all of that sort of stuff. And... And we learned that they're essentially still, or Delos is still recycling all of the, um... Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, Storylines and character arcs and all of that stuff. But implementing new um, NPCs or very subtle character models. So basically we see a new version of Maeve and a new version of the Gunslinger and all of those um, um, anything, things like that. So you have new models, same story arc, things like that. So basically it's like one of those things where, okay, we'll share the storylines across all these different eras, but we'll adjust the models to fit the era. So essentially they're able to skip that and go to the um, underground lair. They skip right to the point of the um, robot uh, rebellion the robot uprising um which was also another delo story arc that it wasn't anything the robots were doing of their own free will so we basically learn more about um what's going on and that um mave and um kayla i want to say kayla for whatever aaron's paul character real like this all is a lot more than they realize is going on um on the flip side we do have a continuation of the bernard story arc we realized that he was in basically the a virtual reality kind of thing where he was going through all these various iterations to find out what's going to happen so he now basically has a robot version of being able to predict the future because he spent kind of like that one hour in real time is like five hours in virtual reality He's now able to go through all these iterations, even though he did spend a lot of time in the real world. Um, that just means he spent you know, an exponential amount of more time in the virtual reality world to go through all these iterations. And now that he has all this information to predict the future, he now knows what needs to be done to protect himself and protect humanity and the robots and all of that. So uh, an interesting double-edged sword there. So I'm going to be, I'm actually really curious to see how that all tie, all, basically the three story arcs tie into each other with Bernard and the young Hemsworth um, going out in the real world to figure stuff out, Maeve and Caleb trying to figure out what's going on in general, and then the man in black and Tessa Thompson trying to figure out, or basically trying to rule the world in a robot form. Um, So with that, um, I wanted to do my review of the half day at Nosberry Farm just to do that comparison contrast to Westworld. So... One of the things I recommend doing, so if you have a chance to visit Nosberry Farm, go during the time when they have the ghost town alive, because that's the best time to kind of get a real world example of what we see in Westworld, where you can visit the saloon to watch a show and have some drinks. You can go around a old West style town, visit a stable and uh, see the sheriff's office, visit a prisoner, go to a graveyard. Um, pan for gold and basically live as if you were in an old west town granted it's still the amusement park version of that but in general it is a very hashed out version of a ghost town old west town and it really feels like you are there so um i recommend doing all that um of course the favorite ride there is ghost rider um you do have a water ride as far as the calico river rapids a log ride um 
like I said, the saloon is of, of note, um, and then we can visit horses, get a visit the sheriff, see the mayor, um, and see all those various sorts of things. So during Ghost Town Alive as well, when you go on the train, you can also interact with bandits who try to rob people. They also have a show where they have bandits trying to steal gold and then the sheriff goes after them. So you get to experience things like that. So, and then also towards the end of the day, they have a, I guess a hoedown kind of thing or square dancing, which is very reminiscent of Back to the Future 3. So all in all, a very good experience. Now, as far as the Roaring Twenties area, that's one of the things where they do a good job, but I feel like they could expand it a little bit more, notably in the form of the speakeasy. So granted, they already have the Calico Saloon, so having a speakeasy would kind of take away from that. So it's one of those things where it would be nice to have more of an experience with the Roaring Twenties, aside from just the pizza place that they just opened, the bumper cars, the arcade, fairy tales and all of that, which are very well themed and it's good stuff, but it's a very small area, so it's one of those things where I kind of wish there were more there was more stuff to do there, but it's more of just the glamour and glitz, I guess. So that's something they do well. Um, I guess there's shows in the Walter Knott Theater, so um, that kind of pan that stuff out but it would be nice if they do something with a speakeasy not necessarily have a bar but um or even like a a roaring 20s version of the saloon but just something there to have another experience in the roaring 20s so there's that but then that also borders that also pairs well with the boardwalk so you do have you know uh, rides like hang time and the twister and uh johnny rockets and things like that so both world so both lands kind of so to speak work well together but individually they don't really hold up so for me if you want a good experience definitely visit roaring 20s and the boardwalk together in the vein of the same experience so that way you kind of get a bigger area to work with like ghost town so with that being said overall it is a good experience i enjoy it more than the disneyland Frontierland and the um i guess the new orleans square is probably the best comparison um of the two lands at disneyland i probably like new orleans square better just because it feels like a more authentic experience frontierland is still very disneyfied and mickey mouse and all of that so that's kind of why i don't like it i prefer the knots version of both areas but as far as the better lands Ghostland is better than frontierland but New Orleans Square at Disneyland is better than the Roaring Twenties area at Knott's Berry Farm, so it's neither here nor there, but if you want a good experience for both areas, then, and if you want to experience the Roaring Twenties and the Boardwalk together, then Knott's Berry Farm definitely has the leg up. So with that being said, the final review for this week is going to be Stargate Atlantis Season 2. So what we have here is, um... A season that's still very reliant on knowing what the Stargate universe experience is. And I mean that in the general broad Stargate universe, not the show. And it still relies on Stargate SG-1, especially with the, um, I think that whatever the Earthship Daedalus is going back and forth between Stargate Command and Atlantis. Um, But they did start to do some more growth as far as dealing with... um, the bad guys, whatever that race that Cole Meanie is with, um, dealing more with the Wraith and saving and creating the anti-Wraith drug to turn them back into looking like humans. Um, and then Michael feeling like he was tricked in dealing with or working, living now fully with the Wraith and all of that. So while it was a slow progression in the first half of the season, the second half seems like it worked 
worked out a little bit better. They did also introduce having one ghoul try to make it to Atlantis to kind of, to either let the Wraith take over or um, kind of have a ghoul foothold in that another galaxy so they can try and take over more lands and stuff. So I'm actually kind of curious to see where they take it from here. Um, my original thought that I had not seen anything in season two beyond the first few episodes was actually wrong. As I watched this um, episodes, I did realize that I see so did see a number of episodes towards the end of the season. So I'm not going to make any predictions now based on whether or not I remember seeing the rest of the show. I'm still going to watch the rest of the um, episodes and or rest of the seasons and see how that all. Um, plays out over a season by season experience um and then to basically that's all there is for this particular episode but to round it out i did want to say that i did have a chance to watch the boys season three and we're essentially dealing in season three with the fallout of the temporary v butcher and um what's his name starlight's or the guy that the kid from season one they both tr tried it and he can teleport um butcher has a is basically Homelander, uh, basically another version of Homelander. So all of those interactions played out very well in the season. We have more dealings with uh, Starlight wanting to leave um, the Seven, even though she became pro-captain, dealing with uh, the death of Black Noir. Um, Soldier Boy be, uh, being um, Homelander's father and all of that. So we have a lot of tying in of the past and the old generation with the current generation dealing with the effects of the temporary V and all of that so we'll see how it plays out from here and now that Homelander has consolidated his power how they're going to deal with all of that. So that's all there is for this particular review so if you have any questions, comments, feedback or anything like that um, you can comment on this post on Twitter at PatelN01. The website is headphonesneal.reviews for past episodes, subscription links, supporting the show, and all of that good stuff. You can get an uh, ad-free version of the show by supporting uh, supporting me on um, Patreon at patreon.com slash PatelN01. Um, as a heads up, um, I, there will not be a bonus episode for this week just because I haven't decided how I'm going to deal with the Android review for next week, but... That's all I really have to say is that they're, I'm planning on something, but I haven't decided on exactly what, depending on how it all plan, plays out over this weekend. But just a heads up that there will be a very special Android review for next week. So that's all there is for this particular episode. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time.